0: to Mick Cox, he can go on the number third, 200 centimetres, you can't do that. Got the Perkins, threw a bit of traffic, oh. the right foot, Nana, that is just class. Welcome back to the lunchtime catch up podcast. The lunchtime catch up podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch to talk
1: everything Essendon footy club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott. Hello, everyone. Good to be back. Uh, look, we'll get straight into it. We wanted to uh, get a special guest on. You know him as the probably best AFL. There's no probably about it. Yep, yeah, AFL draft spotter or draft. Reg- I was going to say recruited. He's obviously well, not a recruiter. Uh, but uh, a guy who who knows all the young talent around Australia uh, is prominent around that kind of uh, September, October period. Uh, but, you know, he's probably the guy that goes to every game that we, you know, of junior footy that we don't see. Uh, but he's also very knowledgeable on AFL, obviously on Essendon uh, being a uh, – I guess a fan. A massive yes, we'll fan, a fan. Yep. We don't want to overpromote it because he's uh he's fair to all 18 clubs, but uh uh but Mr. Cal Jimmy, how are you?
2: I'm good, Scott. Thanks for the intro. Uh it's good to be back. Uh, I heard the uh, last couple of times have been one and two on the on the rankings, so I thought I'd give you another uh, another girl uh go before uh 2022 kicks into action.
1: Nice. Look, it's it's uh it's been an interesting preseason to date. Uh, I, I'm curious about your thoughts because we've actually heard, you know, we've heard snippets from Lloydie, we've heard some Tim Watson, uh, Goddard today, just kind of, I guess, flattening. You would say just the expectations, saying you know concerns around the forward line, and and you know Goddard was kind of saying that you know in honesty they overachieved last year, so they may kind of finish up in the round around the same area uh, but then you've got the other spectrum where you got Mick Malthouse um, close to declaring us a possible grand final team so whereabouts are you kind of sitting in the whole spectrum of things?
2: I haven't done my ladder as yet but I in my heart of hearts I see Essendon finishing somewhere between six and that's probably the best I can see him going and and, and 11th or 12th. So I, I really feel like that it's right in that uh, realm and there's so many ifs, buts and maybes to what that actually means. I think when I actually settle on it, I'll be able to find eight teams that I'm more confident on than the Bombers for this year. So that might not be an overly popular opinion. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> but I, I think that um, BJ, in what he said, in a lot of ways is right and I think Tim Watson's right about the question mark on the forward line. I think Lloyd is right in a lot of ways that if you you do make the improvements, then there's nothing to say that you can't go another step as well. Look, I think everyone, if you're listening to this, clearly you're uh, a red and black extraction. Um, but I think that uh, everyone would hope that on the back of last year, you can take another step up. I just my my main question. I've spoken about this, Scott, out at training. My main question is, who gets better to take the leap up and? Mm-hmm. Zach Merritt couldn't have a better year than he had last year, really. I mean, he can continue to play at that level, and he's such a fantastic player. I still don't think he really gets the credit competition-wide of how good he is, probably because he's played in a pretty average team for you know throughout his whole career, really. But yep. um, if he was in a much better team, I think there'd be more glowing reports around how good he is. And then Parrish, I mean, he can have maybe different impacts in different ways, but really how much percentage can he get better than what he did last year? Because that yep. was just... You know, an outstanding. He's, he's fifth in the Brownlow Medal. You know, he should have been closer to um, Zach Merritt in the best and fairest, but that's an argument for another day. And then he's an All Australian, so he can't get much better. Ridley, I think, probably can get a little bit better, but still, it's a high platform that he's raised over the last couple of years. And I'm his biggest fan. And, and look, he's he's set for a huge. I think you've been All Australian, but even still, it's marginal for him to get from where he is to what he can be. And Jake Stringer, I don't know how Jake Stringer really has a much better year than what he had last year. He won games off his own bird. He kicked forty-one goals, playing through the midfield essentially. And then he's come off a, a little bit of an interrupted preseason again. Not that that's bothered him in the past. It's in last year. But so that's why I look at it. I think the four best players, and that's who I think are, are there are the Essence four best, best players. How do those guys get any better? The team gets better, I think, if. Uh Draper has – and these are the the bits I think, well, these are the reasons I reckon they can can win a final and can get into that top six or so if Draper has a full season and and gets to the lengths and heights that we all expect he he can get to. If Andy McGrath has a a full season and not just a full season but plays in an attacking forward motion game that I've seen him do in the past, I don't think we've seen that at AFL level quite enough and and probably – Playing half back, I feel, is probably the best spot for him to do that. Jai Caldwell has a full year and and shows why he was a top twelve pick. those uh, so those three are really central to it. And then you need Peter Wright to go from twenty nine goals to forty plus goals, mm-hmm. and, Harry, and Harry Jones to have another full year. I think you need Archie Perkins to do what he looks like he's going to do, to be honest, and and, and really step on from from what was a great debut season. So that's that's my question is. You can't get much more out of the best players. So who's going to join them to be the best players in in twenty twenty two? That that's that's sort of the question mark that rolls around in my head. Is
0: the the names that you've just uh, read out? I'll add Dylan Shield to that because there's an opportunity for a guy like that to take well, not the next step because we know he's an All Australian. We know he can really really play. But if he can get if he is over that injury, which Annoyingly, it doesn't seem. It seems like he's still got a bit of a niggle. But if we can get some um, string a few games in a row for Dylan Schell, like he did for the few games that he played before we got injured a while back, I reckon there's another step available um, for the team when Dylan is playing at his best, and we haven't we haven't seen that um, for ages. So Dylan Shield, I'm adding to it. What the the follow up question I'll have for you is, okay, so Sam. Um, and all the rest of the guys that you just named out, what is the likelihood of it happening, right, Or all, all at once? Because I think, sure, you might get two or three of those guys. Like Perko looks like he's on fire, like he's about to explode. Sammy Draper could do what he – although we haven't really seen it in the preseason, but um, he could do anything um, next year and really elevate our ruck um, position. But can you give us two of those names that you think will take the next step?
2: Well, I mean, I think Draper d- does take the next step. It's just a fitness thing for him, really, and mm. staying fit. He's just um, obviously the crash and bash style that he plays with, which is so awesome. And that's that's the special thing about him, isn't it, is he's not just ruck, but he's spirit as well. Yeah. And, you know, team morale and, he, and he's the leader of that group and he's the bash and crash and he's physical and he sticks up for the smaller guys and he gets in the face of everyone else. He doesn't care. He's not bound by some of the other things that can um, stop, and I spoke to Ben Ruttin a few weeks ago. I'm not sure if you guys watched the interview or not, but um, and he spoke about just how he's not bound by the sort of general things that stop a ruckman or curtail a ruckman because he's come from this different background. He sees foot in a different way and and plays with that sort of energy. So I think he will he will do it. It's just a matter of staying fit for him. And look, he's always going to be in some ways susceptible to some some knocks and niggles because of the way he plays and and he's yeah. in a ruckman. But Putting that aside, yeah, I have no doubt that he's going to get there and, and B, you speak to other ruckmen around the competition and, and they sort of rave about what he's able to do if he can, you know, put, piece it all together. So there's one. I, I'm pretty comfortable with what, you know, Jai's got it talent-wise and, you know, his hands are terrific. Um, he, he can sort of create up forward as well, I think, and that's the question mark, I think, with Shield playing half forward. I just – he doesn't have the same sort of natural – sort of forward craft, I think, that some of the other mids do. And that's that's why Parrish has had to play some half-forward stuff. And, and don't get me started on that, clearly. But <laughs> um, yeah. but he's done it because he can. And that's the same thing with Kyle Langford as well, You know, playing wing half-forward. He does it because they can. And and um, that's where I'm... I, I, I think yes, you, know, you put it together, and, and and there's a lot of names there that can and should go pretty well. And if they all do perform well, and that's the sometimes the trick, isn't it? From a team going from mid range, and everyone says the jump from lower ladder to mid ladder is actually pretty easy. It's the the, the jump from mid ladder to to top top echelon that's the difficult part. And usually it comes with a bunch of these guys announcing themselves all at once. We saw Mason Redman. I think he probably gets goes under the radar a little bit. How good he was last year. <laughs> um, and he was probably in that group to to jump up a little bit. But yeah, I think it's gonna be on um those three that I mentioned before to and and look I sort of separate them from Perkins, Cox, Jones because essentially they were all first year plays yeah. really last year. So that's a little bit of a different point of view. And and you throw probably throwing Baldwin into that as well and, and read if he gets back sort of second half of the season to make an impact.
1: I think too, uh getting Kelly across um is huge for for Ridley. Uh, I know because yeah. I felt like Ridley. I mean, he had a fantastic la- year last year, but there were so many times he had to actually play a bit of a shutdown role and was uh, probably not able to use he, all his strengths and, and get off and float across packs and and get off his man. So I think the the addition of Kelly actually just shores up the back line quite a lot. Uh, I'm wondering what your thoughts. Obviously, we're talking about individual players, but now just on your thoughts on an actual system that needs to improve. Because like, you watch the Saints game, right? And for Essendon fans, you see probably six or seven goals in red time to the Saints, Uh, and you just see some, you know, probably a little bit predictable long bombing to our forward setup Um, and with no Tex Wanganin or Waller to be underneath that game plan what were are you seeing as a as I guess general play that we need to to improve on
2: well i do think that having jake stringer there changes the whole look of the whole team to be honest with you <laughs> yeah so i just i think the last couple of weeks are to some degree difficult to um, assess in terms of structure and how you how you're playing because he's the the, the rogue the maverick that all that type of thing whatever you want to call him but really he's the match winner and, and changes a game like that and the whole forward line looks different with him in it so and and players around him perform differently I think um, Peter Wright and, and Harry Jones benefit clearly from him being there as well because he can go above his head he's quick on the lead and get away from his opponent now this, without I, th- I actually thought they were a small forward short last year now they've they've lost their small forward for indefinite amount of time and they're without one as a goal kicker. I'm doing – I'm going to talk about it after. I'm doing my best 22 or my my predicted 22 for round one. Mm. It's sort of a mix of who I think should versus who I think should or will um, be picked. (laughs) I don't know how – I blur the lines on that a little bit, but – I've got Guelphie in there because I do think that Essendon needs some forward pressure. Otherwise, it just gets whisked out of there so quickly mm. um, because, because I mean, is not going to be a tackler. We know the, tall, the two big guys don't tackle that much. What they do with Baldwin, if he plays or not, he's not going to be a tackler either way, although he did do that good tackle on the weekend. But, um, yeah, I've got Guelphie in there because I do think they need someone at ground level to put on the pressure and, and be pretty courageous in there. I think he's done that and shown he can do that at times too. Plus, you know, you lose someone on a different line, He can always play around the ground. So my concern, like you in some ways, is, is the bombing forward. And look, is it's probably become a defining point of our essence played for a, a long, long period, hasn't it really? But the, the difference is now that you don't have Kyle Hooker who can actually take those grabs. Mm. Um, and he was able to do that last year and has been able to do it in the past at different times when he's had to go down there. Because Peter Wright's not a contestant grab, I think uh, that's that's just not his thing. No. Um, he'll he'll go for it and sometimes look like you're about to grab it, and, and sometimes he will. But I don't think he's ever going to be that guy who is the yeah the the one out or even you know man on man sort of marking player. So yeah, that uh, that's my sort of query around the 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 ball movement. But then again, you know you speak to to Truck and they're pretty. Yeah, you know, set on the still the, the disciplines and, and the, the harder stuff that everyone expects for the team to, to be the sort of trademark work to be pretty similar as it was last year.
1: Yeah, it's it's an interesting one because I mean they've had they've obviously had twenty six shots on goal and, and you know, they were one oh nine percentage last year. So it, it's yeah, always they can like, score. Yeah, it's they can actually weird. score and they can have shots on goal quite comfortably. It, it's just it always feels like a battle. Um but it's just weight of, I guess maybe weight of inside fifties. I think we may have won the inside fifties by about ten in the second half. Once they put well, j- I mean,
2: yeah, it's it's like for how long has it been since Essendon's strength is actually its midfield test compared to its <laughs> exactly tall? Right. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, reverse from from the last couple of decades, and I guess in some ways, you know, the game has been trending pretty closely towards midfields for a long, th- probably since that sort of 06 period, really wasn't it? Like the Eagles yeah. were the first sort of group that. I, mean, I guess the lines. I think even in 2000, you'd say that the, the tools were, were the, the on both ends of the ground, were the stronger elements of that team than, than the prep, than the midfield when you look at it now, um, and even at the time. So, yeah, the, the weight of midfielders, I think, gives them a fair few um, options, though. And it's a midfielders game now. So, if you can dominate through the midfield, you, and maybe that's where they're, they're hedging their bets on really dominating the midfield battle and having so many of them that, you're just going to pound the, the, score, the scoreboard via, you know, quantity.
1: Mm. Yep. Couldn't I ask, you, with, from your experience, was it just a case of recruiters around the clubs just didn't see enough of Tex Wanganin to really know that he would be kind of where he is today?
2: Yeah. Yep, exactly. He played, you know, a, a game and a half, I think it basically was, in two years. Um, and one of those games last year was the Scotch game. Uh, I can't remember who they played, but he played a Scotch game. was apparently really good, but no one was allowed in for that game and they weren't allowed to film it. Um, so no one actually saw it. It was all sort of secondhand reports. I think Sam Darcy played and that was probably like the Sam, the last game Sam Darcy played it as well um, before he got hurt and did his foot, et cetera. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was sight unseen and that's why, you know, Port Adelaide obviously did their, their due diligence on him, but he was always sort of based in Victoria and given mm. the borders and everything like that, it was difficult for him to get back and, and to and fro. Um, but, yeah, he's also transformed his body. like, And you would have seen that as well. I mean, look yeah. at the photos from, you know, 12 months ago when he spent that little period of time where he was never a chance to get on the list. That was a bit of a, a carrot for him, I guess, dangling there ahead of him say you know, this is what you're going to see at the end of the year. Let's have a look and what, what are you going to do. But since then, he's sort of um, – yeah, he's definitely improved his body. He's got fitter. gone through a bit of a training block at the moment to, to continue to get fitter. And and having missed so much footy over a period of time, 2020 first ruled out with COVID and then last year with the navicular and COVID. Um, yeah, it's been fantastic really. And, yeah, there's a spot there for him. I, I think he'll play this year. I, yeah, I really I agree, do. Agree, yeah. Uh, because he's up, he gives them something that they don't have.
1: Yeah, well, the Bulldogs game—I know it's just practice match—but we just seemed to have just a better look about us in the forward line. As soon as he got onto the ground, it just—it's it, just like, oh, that's what a crumbing forward does. Natural, natural, <laughs>
0: natural ability will do that for you. When you see a kid like that running around in the forward line, he just looks like he's. He's meant to be there. He looks like it's exactly the right position for him to play. A bit like Laverde last year. Laverde just he looked like he was supposed to play there his entire career, and that's well, what I think. He
2: put his hand up. I mean, speak to speak to Jaden, and he he tried for a couple of years to to play there, um, and put his hand up to do it. It, it took sort of um, truck to being open to it late in the year to actually do it. So yeah, oh, it was a bit mm-hmm. of a a last last really chance for him because you know if it didn't go his way last year. Laverty might be out of the system, to be honest.
0: Well, we had, uh, we had a bit of an inside knowledge on that um, from uh, Dustin Fletcher when we were speaking to him a while back. He was <laughs> saying that his dad um, kept saying to uh, the club to play Jaden down back, play him down back, play him down back. He's an incredible backman. You should play him down back. Completely ignored until they, <laughs> yeah. uh, they give him a crack down back. Ken rings up the club and goes, I told you so. <laughs> so <laughs> he, Ken Fletcher's been asking to play him down back because didn't he coach him a while back? Sorry?
1: I'm not sure. As a junior, I'm- yeah, I
0: think as a junior he was involved with him somewhere down back, and he played really well. You should you should play this kid down back. Completely ignored him for ages, and now he's a he looks like to be a gun um, backman. But yeah, text when he was playing around in the in the forward line when he was running around, it looked like the right place for him. He looked like he looked like a kid. He looked skinny, and that's all good things. But when he was around the ball, he looked like a proper AFL footballer.
2: Yeah, and and to be honest, like he's deserved that spot, and and so did Nick Martin. Really, I yeah. mean, Nick Martin's come from the clouds. Really, I don't think when he first got there, there was the expectation, you know, on on first side that he was going to be able to pinch a spot. But he worked hard, found a, found a spot for himself, and yeah, he looks a pretty decent player. Yeah, there's uh, there's a bit to like about him.
0: Speaking of a speaking of a spot for Nick Martin, now there is a bit of a controversy here at the lunchtime catch up podcast. Um,
2: there was Scott, fist,
0: there was fisticuffs. There was fisticuffs. The I won, but um, uh, the, yeah, Scott and I don't often sort of disagree. Not, not that it's disagreement, but we, we don't often sort of have opposing opinions on uh, on on the club or most things, really. Um, but I swear, Cal, the amount of people on the Facebook page and when we talk to the to the listeners and the like that keep saying. Cox out, Martin in. Now, I genuinely don't understand that. I For a kid who's played one season, pick eight, 200 centimetres, left foot, right foot, could put him anywhere on the football field. He had an incredible start to the season. And then I'm going to call it, as all rookies do in their first season, they're playing against blokes that are 20 kegs heavier than him, And he slowed down because he'd... He, he slowed down and had a, not a real special second half of the season. But then the season ended, but well, we brought him back as a sub a few times and he did okay. Then the season ended and now I would have thought he just would continue to get a second, like uh, the next season, get a, get a go at playing AFL again. But on the strength of two inter-club matches and one half-rat pace nab game, uh, people are <laughs> chucking <laughs> Nick Martin in there over the number eight 200-centimetre unicorn. Can I get your opinion? What do you think? Because Scotty is uh, Martin in, Cox out, and I don't think you are.
2: (laughs) No, you you know I'm not. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Nice little dolly up there. But I think, um, (laughs) look, I I really like what Nick Martin's done. As I said, doing my mock team for Thursday night on afl.com.au and it'll all be there for everyone everyone to have a look at. But I, I didn't fit Martin in but he was close and yeah. I think he's given himself a good chance and absolutely he's given himself a chance, but I still don't, Essendon's not the, the finished product and despite what Mick Moldhouse thinks, I would, I would struggle to find an Essendon fan out there. I think that agrees with him that Essen is going to win the premiership this year. I, or agree. Make the I would final.
0: love to think that's the case, but.
2: Well, you know what I mean? I, yeah. I think, you know, yeah. most people have a, a view that, that that's, that's not happening this year. Yeah. So in light of that, there's still the, the long-term sort of look that you have to take with selection. It's not always about this week or round one against Geelong or round two against whoever's playing round two, et cetera. So from that angle, Nick Cox plays every single week of the when fit for me, every yep. single week. And I actually think they Good missed point. the trick last year uh, by not actually playing him in the, the final. I know that, the sort of circumstances towards the end of the year worked against him. And I don't know if they really rested him at the right time. I feel like they sort of got that wrong a little bit in how they managed him right at the end there. Um, and and the rest didn't come at the right time and then he was sub and then they sort of got stuck with him as sub for that final. But he should have played because it's 10 games experience for someone like that. Who knows what happens this year? You know, he could have had a final up his sleeve already. And uh, as you say, he's the number eight pick. Um, this is a guy that clearly they want to put a lot of time and effort into over a long period of time. He should be a 200-game player at least. Um, he's already a tenth of the way there. So I think that, yeah, he, he he should be playing every single week. And I don't know. was I watching another game. I, I swear he was pretty good against the Bulldogs two weeks ago. Um, he was one of their best players. I thought he, he took marks. He was fantastic. If you redid that draft, he's probably in the first couple of picks now taken, I reckon. Yep. Um, uh, so I think that uh, yeah, Scott, I'm not sure. Uh, well, <laughs> I know I'm not in agreement with you on that one. He he has to play every single week, Nick Cox, if he's fit. And yeah, you have to base performance on on production. I understand all of that, but in the end, I don't think Essendon's in the premiership this year. And if you can get another uh, 18 to 20 games into Nick Cox this year, and he ends year two with 40 games by his name, he's going to do some special stuff in between. And the overhead stuff was a new part of his game I saw against the Bulldogs that. He's always had, and we saw a little bit of it last year, and I thought that came on a little bit more uh last week. So yeah, I'm yeah, I am picking him. <laughs> in my look, I'll
1: I'll just give you my two minute spiel.
2: Why why do you hate him? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: Tell us why you hate Nick Cox. I like it, yeah. I look, I'll, I'll be very, very honest. Um just, it, just
0: remember who you're talking to, by the way. It doesn't and the experience it
1: doesn't phase me one bit if your lines up for round one, I'll be very honest. Someone asked me to do a best twenty two and and I go, look, if it's on current form, this is where I'm going. Uh and Nick Cox, I have no doubt, will be a very, very big player for the Aston Football Club. There's no doubt in my mind. Uh I guess What
0: form are you basing it on though? When you say it's on form, what form?
1: Well, I thought I wasn't as big of pom uh, uh, pom who are on Cox last year. I'll just be honest. I thought his first eight or so games was good. I can't say it all comes down to tiredness because I thought there was a patch there where he played game after game and it really was eight possessions, two or three marks, and he was well out of the game and I thought we were just carrying him. That's just me being honest. And and I just thought this preseason, I haven't seen as much progression as I'd hope. Now, to be honest, though, he has had an interrupted preseason, so I do acknowledge that, and I do think we're going to get a better Cox. I'm wrapped that he's twelve kilos heavier, mm. uh, and I think that's going to go a huge way in him improving. I—it's <laughs> funny because I'm going against my own mantra because I've been so strong on the Parishes and Langfords just getting gains into him for the future so even as you're talking I was like crap I'm doubting my own <laughs> my own self so like, <laughs> if he lies up round one obviously I'm not gonna worry at all like he, he's you know I, I want him to be the player I think he's going to be and and I think over time he definitely will be um, I think I've just been probably I I'll be I'll be very honest with the warsfold Coaching, I did get frustrated at times where guys went four or five weeks. of being quiet, and there seemed to be no repercussion. It seemed to be you're a high draft pick, you're a high reputation, you're just going to keep playing. Uh, and I felt like there was guys I was watching in the VFL. They go, actually, no, this 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 kid actually deserves a, a bit of a shot. And that was just I just struggled sometimes with that. I understand the long term vision and getting games. You're right. Nick Cox is probably not there yet. He's only in his second year and, and that's not what we're talking about. Um, but I I do hope the club has a bit more as we get stronger and stronger and probably talking next year, if I'm being honest, gets a little bit more are you performing kind of based club. Like, okay. Yeah, you- that's
2: that's absolutely. I, I agree with that. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and I'm not saying I, there might be a possibility that we see Cox in the bfl at different at a different point this year, um, or, or Perkins, who knows? Uh, who knows? Who knows what, what happens to Terry Jones if if Kane Baldwin's come comes on um, or, or whatnot? But uh, I'm hoping that all three of them are in there and play twenty twenty two games because it means one they're fit and two they they're performing. That's the level that with a, a squad of some depth, hopefully, um, that 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 sort of is the trigger point for for those type of discussions. But I agree that no doubt in sort of previous era, there's probably been games gifted to different players or those calls haven't been made. And that might be a bit of a legacy of the era, era before that as well, to be honest. Um, some of the things that have gone on, there's probably some loyalty to some players and different players who have been through some stuff. So, and I get that too. Yeah.
0: yeah. What, just, do, you, what do you think? Oh, sorry. Just, just wanted to go. to you've, You're a Martin fan versus Cox fan. And, and that's cool, right? It's, it's an opinion. Why do you like... Nick Martin. Now, putting aside the Cox v Martin pin, bit, you've spoke to me recently about Martin and what you see in him and the things that have impressed you. What What are those things that you've in, that um, Nick, how Nick Martin's impressed you?
2: Look, well, I, you can get the ball. Oh, sorry, you, you, go, you go. Yeah, shoot. yeah,
0: Scott. Just for Scotty, he he he, yep. he did it really eloquently a while back.
1: Well, exactly what Cal said. Uh, I really do find. He has a bit of a Blake Carousella about me. I just remember, Blake, where I I go, I'm not sure what your overall strengths are, but you just keep ending up with the ball. You seem to have an IQ that just reads the game, is under control um, in tight situations. Uh, And I know some, you know, he obviously had an out of bounds in the full. I know not every kick was great, but I've seen enough at the training to know his kicking is actually pretty sound and that will come along. But I think he – I see a guy that is very mature in, he, in his mind about how he thinks through the game and and, and where he positions himself. I, I really like him. I, I, I thought there was just – I just felt like there was a natural wingman I was watching in that second half um, where I guess the other guy that I had as sub, you <laughs> were developing as a wingman. Like it's not his natural game. But long-term I get – One's going to be could be a superstar, and one could be a good, really good role player. Yeah. So there's that difference. So, but I um, Kel, you talk to me about Martin, what you've seen so far?
2: No, pretty similar. I mean, I like the fact he can go forty key goal too. Um, so yeah, yeah, he's he's got some he's got some tricks, and he was on Essendon's radar two years ago. Uh, um, they considered him a couple of years ago. I remember writing about Essendon having some interest in him um, ahead of one of the drafts, and they've obviously kept an eye on him, and he's come back and done some good things. So. I reckon he's been a, probably a bit of a surprise packet for them internally as well. To be honest,
0: yeah, they really would. I'd, I'd love to see. I'd love to see him get eight million possessions in the VFL. Like, I'd love. I'd love to see him go. Like, play in the VFL. Go down there. Show the. I mean, he's shown it at, at um, senior level. That's great because we're all we're all seriously considering putting him in um, for Nick Cox. Well. You are. But um, <laughs> but I'd love to see him go down to VFL, get a heap of possessions, kick a heap of goals, and then kick the door down um, and come into the AFL on incredible um, uh – a few rounds of footy, half a dozen rounds of footy, get a good um, amount of time into his legs, a heap of possessions, a heap of goals, and then he forces his way into the side. It's it's a really good story. He'll be chock full of confidence when he walks in the door. Uh, I, think there's a, the, he, I think he will play this year. And like you said, if he does, I don't think it's going to be an issue. It's just when for the boy. I mean, Nick, Nick we've invested 12 months into Cox. He's the long-term option. And he deserves the start to the season. Yeah. But I also love that there's pressure. I, always, I also love that oh. there's there's Nick Martin just rapping at the door already.
1: Uh, that's, I mean, that's a huge win for the club, that there's a player that was unknown a month ago that is actually bordering on, you know, on senior selection. I mean, and, and Tex, you could almost add to that, to the fact that they've picked up two guys that realistically could play senior games this year at such last minute, and uh, to add to that kind of depth to the list is is great. I guess I'm going to give you another little, not a debate, but just a challenge. Kane Baldwin probably looked his best that I'd seen him against the Saints, and to his credit, every time I've seen him, he's kind of done one or two plays more every week. It it not been like he hasn't bolted out and kicked five. He's obviously coming from a uh, the two ACLs, and and we know the history he's getting better every time he goes on the park. Now I've actually seen Aaron Francis have a really good preseason. Now you've got this little conundrum now where Francis kind of missed that game due to knee soreness, but looks like he's right to go. And you got Kane coming off that saints game. And it generally feels like it's a tough call to about who may make the cut.
2: Yeah, it does. Personally, I'd pick Kane every day of the week, um, yeah. Because over, I, I over who? Count who, who? Francis uh, uh, for, for round one. For okay. Round one. Oh, yeah, I don't, I think what you're what you're saying. Not saying that that's going to be every day of the week, every day every day of this year. <laughs> if you know what I mean. I'll, and just in just the lead up to next week's game, if I'm making that call, that's probably the way I go. To be honest, seeing back to what my did for my team, I don't think I had either of them in. Um, to be honest, so. Uh, I, I feel like you can still have a pretty good forward line with Stringer, Wright um, and Jones as you as you're marking guys, uh, so, and I think that's that can easily be enough as a tall sort okay, of okay okay you know string, so I think that's tall enough. Uh, yep. Um, and that also is a little bit dependent on what you want to do with your midfielders because it gets pretty tight when you're doing a team. I'm sure you <laughs> you know oh, it's, when it's you're putting it yeah. together because um, you don't like you know where does Dice fit in? You know, half slash. <laughs> Yeah, you know, interesting one as well. And then McGrath sort of shifting a bit of time back squeezes that that half back line. Pretty good group. Redman plays, Hine plays. Yeah, you, know, you, you get you get to twenty pretty quickly, to be honest with you. And then those those last sort of three or two two three with the sub are difficult to fill. So I don't have either of them in there for my team. But uh, I'd take Baldwin for for round one. I think he's had the better lead in, and the way as you say the regression. On the way through is um, is yeah exciting and, and sort of unknown. That's the thing. Do you, do you bank on unknown versus what you know about Francis? You know, that, I, question, I think it's it? the
0: the same sort of thing as as Cox and, and uh, old mate. In that is Francis has got whatever runs he may have. He has them on the board. Right? he has he has them on the board. He's as, fit well, as he's
1: as fit as he's ever been. <laughs> but but you, I would argue, has he got runs on the board? He's played, but okay, okay. So, but that that's that's genuinely it. Like he he has played,
0: he has contributed. Baldwin's played in interclub matches and one and yeah. one NAB Cup game. It's a bit the same uh, the same as um uh, Martin, and that is send Baldwin down to the VFL, get him to kick a billion goals, get him to crash and bash and knock the front door down, and the second Aaron Francis. We love you, mate. But the second Aaron <laughs> Francis isn't performing. Baldwin comes straight in. But well, at the I'd moment-
2: like to see Francis knock the door down. To be honest, as well.
0: But he's already got. I mean, whatever meager, however meager we may think they are, he has runs on the board. He's played at AFL level, and whether or not, I mean, we're we're giving him his final opportunity. What we, I think, if we're all honest, his final opportunity to make an impact in the forward line. We have got to give him that opportunity.
2: If we get, yeah, it's his, it's his, it's his seven for him and I was spoke to Scott about it like uh, the law of averages suggests that um, what we've seen is what we're going to get you know from 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 Francis but there are exceptions to that rule and is a great exception to that. No. Now his story is a little bit different because Laverty six years straight had a serious injury. That hasn't happened as much with Francis. Obviously he's had other issues that he's had to deal with which um, you know, been, you know, serious and, and made for some difficulties and, and challenges as well. So obviously really, um, you know, cognizant of that too and understanding that that's you know, led to challenges and time away and all, uh, all of that. But, um, you know, when you're weighing up, your 22, which everything comes down to for the coaches every week. I guess it's reliability and, and what are you going to get out of each player? And I don't think there's there's that much separation between those two. Um for for what it's worth and good
0: on Kane for for making us all think that way like he's he's come straight in and clearly he's he's not put a foot wrong one one backup question what kind of forward do you see Kane being is he going to kick a lot of goals or is he going to be that um focal point marking point bringing the ball to the to the ground kind of forward
2: he's interesting isn't he like I know he's um big kid yeah he's the what would I say the, the idea, I heard, I heard on the commentary on the weekend, like he would have been a top five pick. Well, that's that's like grown legs with every with every sort of Rico, yeah. I think. I, I, like, yeah, yeah he, he was sort of on the radar, obviously, as a talent in under-16s, but I don't, I mean, from my recollections, there was it's a long way out. People don't generally, unless there's some sort of Lockie Whitfield type or Sam Piotrowski-Seaton or Will Ashcroft, you know, this year... Even Matty Rao sort of wasn't really like, you know, locked in as the number one pick sort of that far out. It doesn't happen like that anymore. So um, I don't I don't think that's exactly right where we're saying that he was going to be a top five pick before he did his knee twice. He might have been in that sort of conversation for that, you know, that that group of 20 that, are the you know, each yeah. each state has sort of five or six players that stand out at state level at under 16s and he was one man. But anyway, that's by the by. As in terms of a player, I look at someone like – this might have different views, but sort of a, a Josh Jenkins type of forward. That's that's the, mm. the sort of the player I think that he can be. You know, a, a good kick, a, a, a powerful user of the footy. He can leap high and take a grab, um, and obviously the knees is going to have uh, an effect yeah, on you know how he plays sort of at ground level. But I think that's the type of player that you know the, the best version of him is something like that. If that makes sense, and, yeah, absolutely. You know, I, People sort of forget uh, JJ kicked a lot of goals um, across his career, particularly the Crows, obviously. Um, so, and he was able to make his mark as that sort of. And he's not a big, big, tall forward, Josh Jenkins. You know, he, he could mark it, but that's sort of in my head what he, he he could play like.
0: And he was a bit of a matchup issue, Josh Jenkins. I can. That's how I see um, Baldwin. He's a bit of a matchup issue. He's got enough strength and enough body size that you're going to need to put a decent sized unit on him, but. He's And he can take a big grab because of that because he's a strong kid, can take a decent grab, but he's also mobile enough, surprisingly mobile enough for that size. He's that sort of awkward – you can't put a dirty great big defender on him or somebody that can't move, but you're also going to need to put someone that's – um, a little bit nimble on him as well. So he's a he's a bit of a matchup issue. I, I can see him taking, again, if we're not just bombing from 70 inside mm. the 50 every week, if we can see him isolated at all, if, if everybody can bugger off in one direction and, and he can go <laughs> running in the opposite direction to everybody, and let's see if, how he does one-on-one um, against a defender to use that big chest he's got um, and big shoulders and the like. I, I can see him taking some grabs and kicking a decent amount of goals. I, I, I don't see him as a... He can bash and crash and he can do that, bring the ball to the ground. But I actually see him, if we isolate him, I see him kicking goals for the club. That's I, I see him as a goal kicker.
2: Yep. Can well, I, I mean, Josh, Josh Jenkins, I just looked up now, played 150 games and kicked 40 goals plus five years in a row. So, yeah. you yeah. know, it's it's a pretty good career.
1: Yep. Just uh, look, we know we haven't got too much longer with you. I, I just noticed... Last year, around stoppages, right, Essendon—that's where Essendon really struggled. The centre clearance actually was not too bad with with Parrish. Um,
2: was that? Okay. Yeah, <laughs> we know
1: why. Every but, the but for some reason, the connection around stoppages around the ground with, with Sammy in the midst—you know—the contested footy wasn't as strong. Um, I'm just wondering. I mean, even even the club in the St Kilda game said, you know, a contested footy around stoppages was was not up was not really that strong. You've got Ben Hobbs in the background. I'm just wondering, realistically, do you see him playing much senior footy this year uh, because of his strengths?
2: Yeah, I do see him playing a bit of senior footy. Yeah, I, I think. Man, who knows injury-wise how the year goes? but yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he's right in that group. I, I mean, he's he played what a bit against um, the Bulldogs in that last quarter. Mm. Uh, it was pretty good, but like, how do you judge that fresh legs versus first game for everyone else for three quarters? Um, it's like the old, the old sub, isn't it? Like the Travis Collier. But yeah. uh, so that and then obviously he's in the mix to play on the weekend. Didn't get much done game any game time there. But so he's obviously in that 26 to 27 conversation. So I think if you're in there to start the year with, you, we'll see a bit of him. The main thing with him, and he was working on this mid-year last year before the season got wiped out, but he was aware that he he probably going to start depending. He never thought he was going to get to Western for a start. Um, But I think he would have thought he'd get to one of these clubs that he might've been able to get some more midfield time earlier on in his, his career. Now he's probably not going to be able to do that because he's not going to surpass, you know, those three or four guys who have got time and, and experience on their side. So I think we've seen him, but the question is always what do you do if you're not in the centre centre, ground, the centre part of the ground or getting the ball around the ground and whose spot are you taking at that point? So he has shown he can do it and kick a goal occasionally, but um, that'll be part of his forward craft. I'm sure that's been something he's done over pre-season, the workout, what's his secondary role, like what's your 30% are, um, of the game?
1: Oh, yeah, so I was going to ask here, that. Uh, does he, outside of the inside mid, does he actually – has he been known to play various roles?
2: Not really. No, he was starting to do a little bit of forward stuff in the country and the Rebels mid-year last year. So, And, and that was a fo- going to be a focus for him in the second half of the season. Unfortunately, we all know that that didn't happen. Mm. Um, but look, he's a pretty steady kick. He's good, obviously great with his hands. He's just a smart footballer. So if you actually used him in, as a smaller forward for that period, and he's tough, like he's bloody tough mm. and he can fight, fight for the footy. So there's worse players that could... Fill a role for you inside the forward fifty to create a little bit and be able to pinch it in the middle. I guess it's just a matter of what their their best mix is and and you know it was too good to pass up where they picked him. Yeah, There's too no tall. T- that
1: yeah, it too, that's, that's too so much th- of a slide <laughs> to yeah. just go. We're not going to pick him up.
2: Yeah, Mate, in, he's far too good.
0: So. In, in anticipation of, uh, of finishing up, one last question from me: um, out of ten. The preseason performance of the players, the, the what you've seen, any sort of inside stuff you might know. Wh- what do you rate us out of ten? Well, <laughs> as as a preseason, wh- what do you rate? How we're going to enter the season out of ten?
2: Oh, could, we'll give it to it's an progress, I'll say twenty. But <laughs> no, I, I, I did. I must say, I had a, I had a good break this year, so I had a, a fair chunk of the uh, preseason off. So, okay. uh, so, in the last sort of uh, five five or so weeks that have actually been back on deck. Um, so I haven't seen as much probably as I have previously in terms of the sessions been kept across that quite as much, but uh, I thought they were good against the dogs. I thought that was a pretty impressive performance. I I, I didn't see uh, Saturday night against the Saints as too much of a weakness. So I think the Saints would be pretty similarly placed in terms of the ladder position and fighting for some similar sort of spots uh, in the latter part of the finals versus, you know, just outside the finals. So I didn't see Saturday night as a big dent to what they're trying to do. And, yeah, knowing as you guys do how important Jack String is to what they do, um, I think uh, the whole complexion of that footy team changes when he plays. So uh, I'm interested to see how round one goes, and th- they they should be confident of being in the mix. Really, I mean, it hasn't been a great preseason from from Geelong's point of view. Their preseason performances haven't been super. Um, they've had a fair few injuries, which you know hasn't been probably at the same level as Essendon's. I don't think. Sorry. They've been probably more so than Essendon's, I think, uh, mm. across the lead-in. So, um, yeah, I think they should go into round one with some confidence. And really, uh, putting you know, a Tipper aside, because um, Hurley at this point, I think everyone sees as a bonus, to be honest. Like, yeah. I think yeah. everyone's barricading so hard for him to get back and play some VFL footy. And I think he will play some VFL footy, and then the jump will be you know, to, to the next level. But everyone's really hoping for that, and it's going to be such a boost if he can do that. Given what he's done for the club over a long period, but apart from, you know, while it's it's all sort of gone pretty well in terms of fitness and availability. So, and and Zach Reid, you know, would he be playing? He'd be still touch and go to be in the best team, wouldn't he? You know, he might have solidified himself over the summer. Maybe maybe he might have done that, but um, he still be. You know, you wouldn't be pinning any hopes on a one gamer coming into the year, even if he was fit. So, mm. um, yeah, I think they're in a pretty good spot positionally, um, depth. And fitness. Now it's just a matter of actually, you know, putting it on the park.
1: Before I go, my last question. Just it was actually I was just thinking about Zachary before, uh, and you would have seen some of his his junior footy. If if it's a case where the backlines is actually quite assured, um, set and set, and it looks quite solid, would you still persist to maybe develop him for future role, or? Does he have some skills to play up for with that kind of height and presence?
2: Yeah, he does, absolutely, and he's a finisher. Like, his kicking's really, really good. I don't think it's at sort of Jack Lacocious levels in terms of tall players I've seen come through the draft who've been awesome kick, and Coxy's at that level too, to be honest. But, uh, yeah, that's that's a trait that he's got. His kicking's exceptional for a, a player who, now I'd love to know how tall he is. I mean, we'll, we'll never know. It looks,
1: cra- yeah. When you're going to training, you go. Tall. I feel like you're two oh three now. Like you feel like yeah, and really- that's
2: probably part of the issue as well in terms of his body developing, growing, and growing pains. You know, for one of a better term yeah. uh, across you know, the last couple of years, but um, he hasn't had a great run of it. Let's let's be honest. But I do think that. Yeah, it's what's more valuable—the the, the better key forward or the better key back? It's oh, clearly a better yeah. key forward. So if you can actually turn someone into that and, and be really good at it, and he's he's up for it, then I'm all for giving uh, giving it a crack. Particularly when you've got two. Yeah, that's right. Uh, um, particularly when you got Ridley, who's young and so so good. Um, so yeah, a, a different players clearly, but Ridley's foot skills and marking. Mean that he, he's such a weapon down there. Do you need two of him, or well, if you can have one, it's a half forward option. Maybe you try that too. But oh uh, yeah, it's not a bad thing to have a, yeah. Yeah, capable of both. Be
0: be fun in uh, team selection time when he when he's fit. It'll be fun just to go. Well, what do we do with two hundred and three centimeters of pick oh, number Scott seven talent? <laughs> no, that's it's
1: true. true. It's true. It's <laughs> true. <laughs> Your band is a friend for a week.
2: Um, uh,
1: all right, because I say that because look, last year there's a play that's you know, there's just some things you see at training and it just sticks out to you uh, and you can't get out of your mind. There's one time where they were doing full match sim and Truck said, Hey Reedy, we need you as centre half forward for this for this drill. He came out and just took two or three unbelievable marks sixty yards out, and I reckon twice turned on a dime and nailed a thirty metre pass. And it was just, it just, you know, I remember, you know, the familiar names, Neil and all them that was watching training. I remember just going, "How good was that?" Like I didn't know he had that much. I won't say talent. I know he's got that much talent, but as a forward craft, it looked so natural. Like it didn't look out of place at all. Uh, and I just keep thinking about it, going, "Is this guy the actual answer that we're looking for? That's actually on the list, that uh, that could really." I mean, his height is crazy, but could really yeah, cause issues.
2: Oh, and he's he does have presence, and I mean, you've seen him around the club. He's definitely put on weight and size um, around the shoulders and things. Just I think everyone's hoping that, and they will take it pretty cautiously, I'm sure, because uh, you don't want to set back when you're mapping around with foot stress fractures and and back stress fractures. Like they're they're not great injuries, are they? So no. Um, yeah, hopefully we see him. Uh, you know, build up over the next little bit. The, the plan was that he'd be back into some training, you know, in the last couple of weeks and, and into this period, start to, you know, measure up a little bit and see how he goes. But yeah, I'm excited for him. It'd be, it'd be fun to see him and Harry next to each other in the forward line, wouldn't it?
1: Oh, it would be, oh, be, be incredible. That would be great. Well, man, you've uh, you've done an awesome job as always. Uh, we're going to end the show as well here. We're going to do a, a nice one-take show. How's that? A one-take show, no breaks, no <laughs> nothing. <laughs> no, no. That's the kind of professionals we are. Um, but, look, obviously you're a big friend of the show. Uh, loved uh, just chatting to you at training, just talking, and just seeing – I mean, we both – saw some sessions where we saw Wanganin literally in front of our eyes start to do some special stuff and going, oh, okay, I think there's something more than mm. <laughs> than we thought happening. So they're the they're, they're kind of things you love to see and you see. Uh, and, and and it's funny enough, I actually can hear why you have Guelphie in the side because I've seen enough match simulations to see how much of a presence he had in, in those match sims. So I, I kind of actually get why that selection uh, is taking place. He's at a ripper preseason, to be honest. So, yeah. Um, thank you so much for coming on, man. All the best this week for a whole new season. Again, it is all going to start next. What is it? Next Wednesday or yeah. Thursday or next um, Wednesday. So uh, it's all going to start again and uh, we'll see where the bombers are at. Uh, we've got the cats hmm. coming up at the G, but uh, thank you so much. Uh, thank thank, you, thank Kel. you. Thank you to all. Thanks, our lis- thank you to all our listeners. Thanks to our Patreon who support us. Yeah, absolutely. Week. Thank you very much to you guys. Uh, we've got an exciting year ahead, uh, so uh, keep listening to the show. We've got some, hopefully, some some big club guests coming up soon, so it all should be exciting. So, thanks everyone, and this is the lunchtime catch up podcast. Signing off.
0: Thanks very much, guys. Thanks again, Cal.